Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Bonjour, ni hao. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, creative, and daring people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have an incredible, incredible show for you today with a -a one-of-a-kind guest, skydiver, an adventurer, an avid traveler, Chelsea Yang. Chelsea grew up in a multicultural household and spent much of her youth living in different countries. That dynamic lifestyle has led her to a life filled with searching for new adventures and experiences, and she's routinely finding fun and cool and, and daring things to do. Recently, she became skydive certified. Now, there's different levels of certification, and she's going to go on to explain them. But on today's episode, she shares with us what prompted her to seek out this new endeavor. And she also shares with us the requirements that one needs to become certified. Chelsea also reflects on the couple surreal moments that she had while being thousands of feet in the air. Finally, Chelsea and I discuss her plans for the future of skydiving. It's something that has profoundly changed her life. Her whole paradigm and outlook has been augmented in, in many ways. And as I mentioned, she's someone who's consistently looking for new adventures. And with that, she has a lot of adventurous ideas planned in the future. Really, really love this conversation for several reasons. First of all, just because I'm so excited of seeing her pursue this new passion. But secondly, I learned so much from her. A lot of different things that I didn't know about, from what skydivers call their parachutes, to the details of how they actually pack those same chutes. It's an exciting conversation, and I'm just in awe of Chelsea's ambitious desires to do something new. And she reflects on that as well, and she chats about how this has changed her her philosophy on life and she now knows that she can go after new things without the fear that it held her back in the past. By becoming skydive certified, it has given her the courage to attempt other arduous undertakings. I'm proud to say that I know Chelsea. She's an adventurer and I'm thrilled for you guys to meet her. And she's an incredible human, but we shouldn't be surprised by that because her birthday's one day after mine. You know, something about us February birthdays. We're cut from a different cloth. Stoked for you guys to meet her, so let's go ahead and bring on adventurer solo traveler and newly certified skydiver chelsea yang and let's learn today we're going to learn from you this is awesome yeah well thanks for inviting me on i really appreciate it it's so funny that i was looking at your page and i was listening to um some of your episodes on spotify and then i think it was the very next day you reached out to me so funny i yeah. the universe is a funny way of you know yeah. man of being manifested <laughs> first of all where'd the idea become a certified skydiver first begin? Yeah. So I actually have always wanted to go skydiving, just like you were talking to your, uh, you know, your contact yesterday. It's kind of been on my bucket list. It's, it's on a lot of people's bucket lists. I think to do in life is to go skydiving once. Um, you know, I always thought it was something that you, you do tandem. So you go and you get strapped to an instructor and you're just really there along for the ride. I had no idea that, any old person could train to skydive and essentially be licensed. So how I really found out was um, my friend Tyler, uh, he was going out for his license and we got to talking back in September or actually I think it was the beginning of October, but in talking to him, it really piqued my interest. Um, like I said, I real I didn't realize that just any old person could go get licensed to skydive. I really thought it was something that you either did tandem Um, or you had to be in some sort of special occupation to do that. Mm -hmm. So looking into it more, I went down sort of a a long rabbit hole learning about uh, the world of skydiving and the different licenses you can get and what you can do with each of them. Mm -hmm. I had no idea before this 
it is an entire world, an entire sport. Um, and so three days later, I was enrolled in the first day of training. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> had you gone skydiving before that? I had never gone skydiving never. before oh. that. I, it was always on my bucket list. Oh. I thought, you know. You went from never doing it to let's go all the way. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had, I had done things before. I'd, I'd gone bungee jumping a few times yeah. before. And um, I'm definitely someone who, you know, likes yeah. the thrills and the adrenaline. So I knew that I would like it. It was just a matter of getting around to it one day. Um, and yeah, interestingly enough, a lot of different, uh, well, different drop zones have different rules. Mm -hmm. And some drop zones will require that you have gone tandem at least once, if not twice. Um, thankfully the place that I went and trained at didn't require that, but yes, I walked into day one having never jumped out of a plane. And as we'll talk about further, um, at the end of that day, I jumped out by myself. Well, not strapped to anyone. So wow. pretty, pretty wicked. Okay. So yeah, this is incredible because I didn't even know this aspect of it. So how long is licensure or school or certification process, whatever we call it, how long is this process? Yeah. So uh, I guess I'll kind of back up and just sort of give you yeah. a little bit more context. So um, there's different types of skydiving licenses for mm -hmm. to be exact. Um, they're categorized as A, B, C, and D licenses. Mm -hmm. So the A license is the first license um, that you can attain as a new skydiver. It's, it's the baby beginner kind of license. Um, and then each license after that, that gets, uh, it's more challenging and it's more advanced and there's different criteria to attain the licenses after that. Um, but the license A is the first one that you essentially go out for. Um, and what goes into that is uh, you start with what's called AFF training. So that's your student training where day one you walk in and you have eight hours of ground training. So you learn all about the basics and the fundamentals of skydiving, um, your gear and equipment, how to exit the aircraft safely, um, how to fly in the belly to earth or free fall in the belly to earth position, which is the, the like baseline um, starting position. Um, you also learn how to deploy and fly your parachute, what to do in the event that things don't go according to plan. So emergency procedure drills. And once you get through that very long rigorous day of training, um, you take a test and given that you you know, you pass the test and you are cleared to go up. You end the day by going up in a plane and jumping out with two instructors. And that is your level one of your training. So there's going to be eight levels um, for eight jumps to your AFF training. Um, so that's level one, uh, one and done. And then you come back and you get through the next eight levels as quickly as, um, as you want. Um, but once you complete the jump and you you know, granted that you passed, you move on to the next level and each level you have to demonstrate different skills and, um, you know, show different maneuvers in order to progress on to the next level. Um, once you've gone through all eight levels and jumps, you then are cleared for jumping without an instructor next to you. And from there, uh, you've got to work your way up to completing 25 jumps total. And um, your AFF jumps are included in that 25. So realistically, it's it's less than 25 once you're through AFF. Um, but you're essentially able to uh, jump out by yourself or jump with other, uh, you know, jumpers or other students. You don't have to be with an instructor, essentially. You're no longer a, 
um, a, a student per se. Mm -hmm. um, along with the 25 jumps, you've also got to take a parachute packing course. So you learn how to actually um, pack a rig and you jump on it that same day. It's kind of a cool and scary yeah. milestone in wow. your skydiving career. Um, five of those 25 jumps, you actually have to jump with a certified coach. And the purpose of that is for them to jump with you, observe, give feedback. I think the fifth one too, it's technically like that's so you're, you're cleared. You officially can get your A license. Um, and then there's a written and an oral exam as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. So your A license can be accomplished in honestly, as little as a handful of days. I've talked to people who've hammered their AFF out and like, two or three days, and then they've spent the next few days after that getting through everything else that they need to check off. Um, I think someone said they completed everything within seven days, so by the end of that, they were licensed. Wow. Uh, now that's absolute beast mode. That's, yeah, why yeah. that's not normal. Other people spend two or three months um, working towards it. Some people really drag their heels and can take months to complete it. I think it took me just under eight weeks to complete. I got through AFF pretty quickly. I think in about two weeks, um, at that time I wasn't employed, so I was getting through it pretty quickly. I could go on the weekdays, but, uh, as of November I started working. So now I have to stick to the weekends. Um, so really it just depends on your determination and your schedule's flexibility as to how fast you can get through it. It's, it's best to get through everything quicker rather than slower since it's all about keeping your skills and your progression current the longer you wait between jumps, the less fresh in your mind and your muscle memory, essentially. Wow. So people, uh, yeah. Incredibly fast. Because when you first mentioned it and you were talking about September, I thought you were referring to September 19 because if I thought it was a, a long process, but this is just recently. And, and I was going to ask how the pandemic played a role in this decision. So it sounded like you had free time, you had this extra time. So you're like, it probably amplified your desire. Yeah, like I said, it was a matter of days from the time I talked to my friend, did my research, and then was signed up and walking into day one of, of training. It, it happened really quickly. Um, and I just, I knew, you know, I, I, I knew that I was going to be starting work in November. So my time frame was kind of limited and I wanted to get through as much of it as I could. Um, and, you know, the A license is just the start. I definitely want to move on to the others. So getting that completed before the end of 2020 was um, important to me. So I was pretty stoked on that. Have you always sought out adventure? You mentioned you had bungee jumped and were always looking for adventures. What are some other things that you've done in the past? Yes. In short, the answer to your question is I've always been an adventure seeker. I've mm -hmm. definitely, I grew up being an adrenaline junkie. Um, you know, I, I grew up skiing and snowboarding. Um, my dad had each of me and my brothers on skis ever since we could walk. Mm -hmm. And once my brothers made the switch to snowboarding, of course I wanted to follow in their footsteps. So I switched to snowboarding, I think when I was seven or eight. Um, and it's funny to this day, my parents love to talk about how at the end of ski school or snowboarding school, my instructors always used to report back to them that I, never loved the concept of making turns. I was perfectly capable of doing them, but I was the person who was bombing down the mountain going yeah. 
straight and as fast as I could right. uh, and, and knock on wood. I never got hurt. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up doing that. I grew up riding horses, um, competing in English equestrian hunter jumper riding. So you're on a horse and you're going as fast as you can jumping over big, tall fences. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always loved roller coasters. Like I said, I've been bungee jumping several times in Whistler. I think I was in eighth grade when I first convinced my parents to let me go. And I remember the first time I went, I asked them if I could, this was back when they had much less regulations at Whistler Bungie, but I asked them if I could climb up to the roof of the little shack on the bridge and if I could backflip off of it and they let me to this day, I don't know why, but Hey, wow. <laughs> still here. Um, and I think also growing up overseas as a kid really instilled this sense of adventure. Um, and me and my siblings, you know, we lived, uh, we lived in Asia and Europe growing up, um, and got to also travel all over the world for vacations and stuff. So I think just from a very young age, that innate sense of adventure has always, always been there. So what are your future plans with the certification? You mentioned there's different levels. What are your upcoming goals? Definitely. Now that I have my a, um, let's see, I think I'm at 40 jumps as of last weekend. So, my sites are set on my B license next. Mm -hmm. um, B license holders can do all the same things as A holders, as well as they can uh, complete night jumps. They can do helicopter jumps, hot air balloon jumps, and they can also qualify for their USPA coach rating uh, once they've achieved, I think it's 100 jumps. So with your coach rating, you can then go on to help students or other skydivers progress in the sport, um, which I think is pretty cool. I jumped with, obviously, like I said, coaches during my, uh, my journey to get my 25 completed. And it was pretty awesome just to um, meet different faces and get feedback and advice from different jumpers. So that was really cool. I'd love to, to, to give back in that way one day. Um, and then there's a, a few other things, you know, you have to, I think it's, so it's 50, 50 skydives for your B license. You have to have a minimum of 30 minutes in free fall. Um, you have to demonstrate that you can land within X amount of feet of a target for 10 jumps. I believe it is. Um, there's some other maneuvers that you're going to have to demonstrate that you can, um, that you can success successfully complete. You also have to do live water landing trainings and take some further canopy piloting courses just to understand how to fly your, your canopy or your parachute better. Ultimately, where do you see this taking you in 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go as far as I can with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to I, I, a lot of my friends that I know in the sport either have their C or their D license, and um, obviously there's there's different um, criterias for each of them. You know, and they get progressively harder as you go yeah. along. But after I get my B license, would definitely want to get my C, um, and then eventually the D, which will take a little bit longer. But I think you know the B right now is what I have my sights set on. I always said that I would, I would love to do a helicopter jump or yeah. a hot air balloon jump for my birthday coming up in February. Um, timing wise, I'm not sure if it's going to quite work out, but I'm, I'm still going to aim for it. Love that. Love that. February what? I forget. February 4th. It always falls wow. around Super Bowl weekend. So <laughs> yep. February 4th. So uh, don't know if the, if the balloon jump or the helicopter jump will be doable by then, but I'll get it in at some point. Um, and I think even beyond that, um, there's so many different disciplines to skydiving, which is another thing I didn't realize before getting into the sport. 
Um, you know, you've got free flying, freestyle, belly to earth and formation flying. Um, you got CRW or canopy relative work. You've also got swooping. Um, my end goal would be to progress into what's called free flying um, or freestyle. Um, and even one day I would love to do photography and videography um, while skydiving as well. So free flying is essentially the discipline where um, you're, you're, you're not falling, uh, free falling in the traditional belly to earth type position. Instead, you're free falling in various different um, vertical positions. So whether that's you're sit flying or you're standing straight up or your head down, et cetera. Um, it's obviously much more advanced, much more dangerous yeah. like head down. You can reach speeds of up to or over 200 miles an hour. Um, so it's definitely something that you have to progress towards. It's something that, you know, for your first like 200 jumps, focus on mastering belly to earth, which is the traditional basic uh, position before you start progressing onto other skill sets. And then freestyle is solo free fall where you're performing almost gymnastic like skills yeah. or moves in the air. So it almost looks more dance like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are the two that interest me the most. Oh, incredible. For someone who has spent her last few months high above the ground for many hours, how has your outlook and philosophy on life changed? Oh, man. How is my. I know outlook? it has. I know it has. <laughs> and not even as the heights, yeah. it's also someone who's constantly putting yourself at risk all the time and taking chances. Yeah. <laughs> I can't speak much to that. I think there's something for a lot of skydivers, we must be missing something in our brains that, that process that danger, <laughs> whether it's sure. a blessing or a curse, I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, you know, apart from getting a healthy dose of adrenaline and serotonin and dopamine, um, I would say how this experience has changed my outlook is really it's never too late to chase your dreams. Um, it's something I never would have imagined that at the age of 30, almost 31 now, I would have stumbled across this passion that I never knew that I had. Yeah. Um, so it's never too late to chase your dreams or pursue new interests that could lead to new dreams coming up. Um, you're also capable of a lot more than you think. Mm -hmm. This sport and getting into it is something I just never quite felt confident I was capable of. So I would say that um, it's brought a lot of empowerment personally to my life, knowing that I'm capable of jumping out of a plane, free falling through the sky and landing myself safely on the ground is beyond exhilarating and beyond empowering. Um, it definitely gives me the courage to go after other things in other aspects of my life uh, with a lot less fear. You know, I think fear is something that holds us back in life more than anything, whether that's fear of loss or rejection or failure or just fear of simply leaving one's comfort zone. So conquering the fear of jumping out of an airplane um, has definitely given me the courage to reevaluate, I think, other parts of my life where fear has historically held me back. Um, you know, I, growing up, I was definitely a shy kid. I'm a natural introvert. So um, even to this day, I'm pretty shy in unfamiliar situations. So uh, being thrown into the skydiving world where you're immersed in this new community, it's definitely built up some of my own self-esteem and confidence. You're constantly meeting new people and having to go up to strangers and talk to them and ask people if they'll jump with you. So it's been a really cool experience. You know, it's been a little bit uncomfortable at times, but a good, a good uncomfortable um, that discomfort helps push you outside of your comfort zone. 
I think is a fantastic answer, especially when you mentioned about the empowerment, right? Anytime you have anything else you're struggling in life, you're like, I've successfully jumped out of a plane multiple times on my own. Like it's yeah. like you can accomplish anything. Absolutely. And even beyond that, you know, kind of another point I wanted to bring up was that the skydiving world is such a close tight knit community full of the most rad human beings. I, I can't, I can't rave enough about how welcoming and kind and friendly every single person I have met has been. It's, you know, it's, it's such an intimate sport. It's like, we share this inexplicable passion and love and desire for something that most people in, in each of our lives don't understand and can't relate with. And the experience of skydiving um, with other people is, is unlike anything else I've ever encountered in my life. Mm. There was this quote, I actually wrote it down yeah. specifically for this, but I, I love it. And I think it really uh, captures kind of what I'm trying to say here. Um, Apologies, I don't know exactly who to credit this to, but this is how it goes. I suppose one unique thing about skydiving is that for a moment in time, a moment lasting less than a minute, you find yourself suspended along the third Cartesian coordinate, a spatial dimension humans don't often get to explore, frequently with near strangers whom you are forced with for a few vital seconds to trust. So an access most of us never move through with people you often don't know and can't speak to in a world that exists for mere seconds and a manageable but not insignificant level of risk. I don't know where else in life or in a sport, a fleeting exchange of trust and a communication without words among humans you just met can be that ordinary or that essential. And so that I think puts it perfectly. Inevitably skydiving, it, there comes this connection an unspoken bond that you share with every other skydiver you come across. And I think that, yeah, it just, it puts a bond there um, that it's really hard to explain and it's hard to replicate, I think, in other aspects of life. Uh, it's a profound quote and I think you're right. It does accurately summarize it. In that quote, there was aspects of being in a different plane. It's almost otherworldly and you're doing things that most exactly. humans don't get to do. Very unnatural that. to jump out of a perfectly good plane, I think so. Exactly. With that, what were the moments while you were experiencing that were surreal that you were like, I can't really believe I'm doing this or this, you just had a different sensation of feeling because it was something so new yeah. to you? Oh, man. Um, I would say the first, well, the first day of training for sure was which surreal. Was the day of your first jump again, which I'd never. First, I, yeah. First jump, man. Walking in there, the first few hours of classroom time, I was, you know, I, I'm super attentive sitting sitting up front getting all the questions right like super ready for this felt really confident and then uh right after lunchtime my instructor brought out some videos which were pretty intense and pretty heavy full disclosure they were videos of jumpers at that very drop zone who had unfortunately died um due to a mistake in the jump uh, and we were asked to watch them, you know, out of seriousness to understand the gravity of the sport and how serious it is to understand what we're learning and to take that very seriously when we go up in the plane and when we jump out and we deploy our parachutes. Um, I would say watching those videos was, it was really tough. And I was shaking for probably the next three hours after that. I, to be honest, almost backed out. Yeah. I almost called my mom and was going to tell her, I, I can't do this. I, yeah. it's not worth it. Um, thankfully I 
you know, I mustered up the, the guts and I went for my first jump, but I would be lying if I was to say that there were no nerves because there definitely were. My fear leading up to the first jump was insane. I was shaking. I, my instructors were telling me just to breathe and just visualize the jump, go through the dive flow in my head. Um, and the, I think the last probably last five, 10 minutes of the plane ride. It was like, okay, no more thinking, just breathe. Everything from here on out is going to happen and it's going to be okay. Um, and then I jumped and it, it all went so fast. I mean, you've got, as, an, as a student, you have about 50 seconds of free fall mm-hmm. and it just went so fast. Um, everything went fine with the dive flow in terms of jumping out, uh, free falling with my instructors, doing my practice, uh, my practice touches with on my parachute handle. Um, and then I pulled my parachute handle just fine. I think what was most surreal was as soon as my canopy deployed and I performed my brake check, that was when you can really just breathe and you're now under your canopy flying around and you can just take in the scene around you and look at the view. I remember looking around at the view and it was the end of the day, mind you, it was like four 30. So the sun was starting to set and it was the most incredible feeling and experience just knowing that I was freaking flying a parachute through the sky. And I remember I just started. And you're in Elsinore, right? This is Lake Elsinore, California. Yep. It's about an hour, an hour inland from LA or San Diego. So I just remember I started uncontrollably crying the nerves, the adrenaline, and honestly, the pride of what I had accomplished just kind of came out at once. And I just couldn't believe I had done it. It was, it was amazing. Um, I remember getting down to the ground and calling my family and talking to each of my brothers and my parents for like an hour each. I just couldn't shut up about it. Uh, I mean, that obviously, you'll never forget your first jump. That was something that's unforgettable. And I think the next biggest moment would be um, – my first jump as an officially a licensed jumper. And that was after Thanksgiving weekend. That was that Saturday. I finished up my very last jump as a, as you know, a non-licensed jumper. And then my 26th jump, which was my first jump as a licensed jumper was super surreal. I went up with three other people, friends I had just met that day. um, And we did a fun jump we did a linked exit. So we did what's called a horny gorilla and three of us fell out of the plane linked together by our, um, our feet and our arms. And you are basically tumbling out and spinning and twisting. And then as soon as you kind of stable out, you then like lean back and you start to spin around really fast and you kind of pound your chest like a gorilla. Uh, it's just a fun, meant to be yeah, a fun yeah. jump, but I will never forget that. Just, knowing that I had did it. I accomplished what I set out to do. I, I got to ditch the dorky um, student flight suit that they make you wear during your training. <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I would say those so far have been the two most surreal moments. Was there any aspects of the process that surprised you just scientifically or technically? You're like, wow, I never really thought about that. Yeah, I think from a technical standpoint, what surprised me was skydiving rigs and canopies are more simple than I realized. Hmm. So I sort of had this idea that there was a lot more that went into the packing of, uh, of a canopy, which by the way is, is the proper term for a parachute. Um, parachutes aren't really called parachutes in the sport these days. They're, they're canopies. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, so how they're packed and how they're deployed is a lot more simple than what I had always thought. Um, essentially, you basically have a container, which is a glorified backpack with, with straps that go around your chest and your, your legs, and uh, that keeps your container attached to you. But inside the container, you have your main parachute or your main canopy. You've also got um, your small pilot chute, which acts to help pull out the, the main canopy. Um, and then you've also got a second parachute called your reserve canopy. And so that's there for if anything goes wrong with the main for some reason. Um, and then you've also got an AAD, which is an automatic activation device. Yeah. So if anything goes wrong, for example, you pass out due to spinning out of control um, or you get distracted, the AAD will automatically deploy your reserve canopy at a set altitude or speed. What, what uh, altitude is that? Uh, it can vary for students. It's a lot. Um, it's it's higher. It's usually yeah. around a thousand a thousand feet. Um, for more experienced jumpers, it's like around seven fifty. Okay. Um, but essentially, in a nutshell, what happens is when you're in free fall and you go to deploy your 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 parachute, all you do is pull your handle or your your handle is attached to your little pilot chute. So you pull and you throw that out. And once you throw that out that catches wind and then that pulls on a long cord known as the bridle and the bridle then pulls your main canopy out of your container so that it can inflate. So really once you pull that pilot chute, the wind does everything else. Mm. Um, so it's a lot more straightforward than I thought. Yeah. From a technical. Yeah. Um, I think from maybe something a little bit less technical, uh, really more of a reality check in the sport is that, you are solely responsible for your own safety and your own life. Your life is in your own hands and it's no one else's job to, to look out for you. So always ensuring that you um, complete proper gear checks, you know, a minimum of three. I think I'm doing, I'm doing like 10 or 15 from the time I put on my gear to the time I jump on my plane, I'm constantly checking my gear, rechecking, touching my handles, um, having other people check, um, proper spotting from the plane, make sure you're in the you know proper position to jump um, above the drop zone, uh, that you're in proper mindset and physical shape. You know, there's been days when I've wanted to jump, but there's, you know, I've had issues with my shoulder or whatever it is. And I just knew that I wasn't in the right mindset to, to jump that day. So just being really aware and cognizant because it's not a joke. It's your life at the end of the day. Uh, you know, the least that's going to happen is a significant injury and worst case scenario is you could lose your life. So just knowing that your safety is in your hands is a pretty big, um, pretty big reality check. Yeah. Gosh, it's, it's incredible information. I learned so much. Number one, <laughs> number two, I'm just incredibly excited for you. I think that's awesome. Like you said, you, you put forth a new goal. You're never too old to do something new. I, I so admire you for all that. Before I get you out of here, I had to ask you about travel. Cause like you said, you travel a lot when you're young, you're also an avid traveler as an adult. So which are the locations that are still sticking with you that you're still daydreaming about? Maybe as you're falling thousands of feet from the earth, you're still thinking, I want to go there. Yeah, man. It, better question is where don't I want to go? Yeah, that's the way to answer. That is perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we both share the love for travel. I, at some point, I, I want to go everywhere. But yeah. I think where my sights are set on once we are able to more safely travel again is I, I, I definitely would love to go back to Southeast Asia. Um, by the way, the, the sun has totally moved during our conversation. It's like it really blinding. Has. I'm, I'm in full golden hour here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I want to go back to Southeast Asia and I want to go travel around Thailand and Vietnam. I, I'm sure you saw my photos or 
my Instagram, I actually made a, a trip to the Philippines last January. Um, I pursued my bucket list item of solo travel in Southeast Asia for a month. So I went over there and did that. It was amazing. And I'm just itching to get back. I've always wanted to go to Thailand. So that's very, very near the top for me. Uh, and also near the top, which is funny that you brought this up earlier is I've been dying to go over to, um, to Egypt. I growing up, I was fascinated with ancient Egyptian history yeah. and the pyramids and pharaohs and all that. So I've always wanted to see the pyramids. Funny enough, you can also skydive there. Yes, um, you can, that, like once a year or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's definitely up there for me. Um, and while I'm over there, I would love to see. Uh, I'd love to see the uh, the city of Petra in Jordan, as well mm -hmm. as go over yeah. to Morocco. Um, a little closer to home, I'd love to go to Mexico City. Um, those are just the top for me as far as where I want to jump at. I would say, so Egypt over the pyramids okay. would be insane. I'd love to jump over the Swiss Alps um, yeah. in the summertime. And I would love to jump in Tahiti. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a few amongst many other places that I want to jump and travel to. Basically, now that I'm licensed, I will, the aim, the goal is to jump anywhere I travel. Yeah, yeah. And have your travel built around jumps as well. Exactly. exactly. And especially once I get my own gear, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I'll just bring it with me and yeah, jump wherever I can go. Oh, in Dubai. I know I mentioned that earlier. I'd love to jump over Dubai as well <laughs> and see the Palm Islands. This is awesome. And it's an incredible accomplishment for the year already. But what are your goals for 2021 in a utopic situation if everything was normal? Skydiving, I know is part of it, but just overall everything goals. What do you have planned for 2021? I mean, 2021, I get my B license for sure. <laughs> um, you know, there's some other things I've picked up. I started learning how to play the guitar, which Wonderful. is going to be a very long, <laughs> ongoing journey. So I want to continue on with that. Um, I actually want to get scuba certified. I love scuba diving, but every time I go, um, I opt to do the you know, I can go with an instructor down, I think to 30 feet or whatever, but I do want to get open water certified. Mm. Um, so that's on the list for sure. Whitewater river rafting. I uh, tried to do that when I went to Idaho a couple months back, but it got too cold. So everything had shut down there. Um, I was planning to go on a road trip to a bunch of national parks back in August. Um, and then the fires happened in, you know, in the West coast and it, that didn't exactly happen. So I would love to get to that in the spring or summertime. Um, if everything in a utopic world, if we were allowed to travel, I mean, I would love to get out and travel. I'd, mm. I know I've, I've got a couple friends who postpone their weddings. Um, so TBD on if they're still happening in 2021, but if they are, then I'll definitely be going over to, uh, to Italy for at least one of them. Very cool. Hopefully we'll get in some more traveling there. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think overall, you know, without listing out granular things that I want to do, the main theme I want to carry on is just continue to chase dreams and try new things. A Basically, it sounds to me like continue, continue to be you because this is, this is a normal year for you. I, I mean, definitely. I think, you know, well, I think a year ago being a licensed skydiver was definitely never something I would have imagined. It wasn't a dream of mine then, but that dream came along with trying something new and pushing myself outside of, you know, my comfort zone. I think we can all use a bit of that encouragement and that goes for anything big or small. It doesn't, doesn't have to be as 
badass skydiving. It could be, you know, it can literally be anything that you have your heart set on. Um, I think just, just going out there and doing it and not making excuses. If, if there's anything that 2020 has ingrained in us, it's that, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. And it's so important to live in the present. Your life is yours to make of it what you want. And, you know, you, I know it sounds cheesy, but you only live once. Um, and you may only live once, but if you're doing it right, once is enough. Right. And so I guess with that in mind, you know, one of your first questions was why skydiving or why getting into certified. And my answer to that is at this point, it's not why, but why not? And that goes along for anything. I'm, I'm giggling because so many of this stuff I've, I've thought and felt the same. It's like we're kindred spirits on this. This is exactly how I feel. This is incredible. We're, yeah, we're just reading each other's minds here. Let me ask you this. Do you have another passport other than a U.S. passport? I am in the two passport club. Yes, I am. You have what? I've just got two. Yeah, I've got, um, I was born in the States and then I have Canadian through my parents. Oh, okay. Um, my brother, one of my brothers, he's got U.S., Canadian and EU because he was born in, in England. Mm. Yeah. I thought you might have had Japan. No, I just, I, I just lived there. My father actually, he, him and his family, his siblings were born and raised there, even though they're Chinese. Okay. Um, so he had it at one point. Chelsea, this is incredible. You inspire me in so many different ways. I love how adventurous you are. And I have a feeling that you and I will be chatting again about some new adventure you have, whether it be diving, whether it be some trip to Antarctica or something that you have planned. But I got a feeling that this won't be the last time we talk about some adventure. How can people stay up to date? How can they follow your life? Feel free to follow my Instagram. I believe I'm public, Chelsea S. Yang. Um, I pretty much just love posting photos and uh, snippets of my adventures, uh, whatever that may be, skydiving, traveling, hopefully more to come in 2021. I know there will be. And that's how, that's how I found her. She's a great follow. Lots of great travel pics. And then these amazing skydiving videos. Great follow. Recommended everybody. <laughs> this has been so fun. Um, it's really cool to, to divulge, you know, the new info that I get. And I love talking about it. So it's, it's really awesome to get to, to have this experience. Great seeing you, number one. Number two, I'm I know. so it thrilled for you. I'm so thrilled for you. What, yeah, six years since I, I mean, yeah, I moved away from Scottsdale six years ago. So I mean, that's when it was. Yeah. yeah. And about that time, I hope all is well with you. It seems like you have found, you know, what really energizes you in life. And it's awesome to see that. I love seeing that invigorated in other people. And the fact that you're bringing people on this podcast and interviewing them and sharing that with other people, is just so awesome to see. So Thank definitely you. keep it up. Thank you. And I, that's the same. That's when I saw you, how invigorated you were with that. That was when I was like, I got to chat with you. So it was really cool. I've always watched it, watched it travel from afar, but when there was definitely a different pep in your step with these videos and with how excited you were. So that's why I knew I had to chat. It's been life-changing, man. Got having for life. <laughs> ah, Chelsea, you're the best. I know we'll talk again, but thank you for your day. Yeah. And it's good to see you. I hope you have a happy holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Chelsea. Keep an eye out for her on social media and keep an eye for her in the skies. Who knows? She could be sailing above you at this very moment. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar, 
Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.